0: The story of the Grand Ronde tribe is a story of a people's resilience, a people's relationship to place, and a people's perseverance through their culture. As a tribe, the responsibility to tell our story and our own story lies with ourselves and no one else. Hello, listeners. This is Jan Johnson welcoming you to episode 36 of Women of the Northwest. Today's amazing woman is Stephanie Craig, who I met at Brownsmeet Neighbors. She was teaching a class on gathering basket weaving supplies and was gathering, of all things, tussocks. If you're a farmer, you know that tussocks are not our favorite thing because they're so hard to get rid of. It's great to know they can be useful. Stephanie is an enrolled member of the Confederated Tribes of Grand Ron Community of Oregon. She educates and documents cultural heritage and traditions, committing herself to preserving traditional practices for future generations. Her B.A. is in cultural anthropology, where she fulfilled her language requirement with her native language, Chinookwawa. Her studies have included museum studies and folklore studies. She works at the Chichulia Tribal Museum, where she consults and contracts with city and state entities on museum work. She has been chosen for internships at the Smithsonian Institute National Museum of American Indians Archives Department. She also owns a business called Calipulia Weaving, where she teaches basket weaving, materials gathering, and preservation. Join me. Stephanie Craig, welcome to Women of the Northwest. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun. I've tried to get together with you for, what, almost a year? Yes, yes. <laughs> and it hasn't worked out, so I'm pretty excited about that. You are up in Brownsmead this weekend doing a little workshop. Tell us about that.
1: So we are at the Brownsmead farm of Claire Stewart's, and we are gathering um, juncus, which is a traditional basket material. Um, she has an amazing 10-acres of some prime stuff so
0: prime stuff that everybody else calls weed (laughs) yes yes
1: everyone hates it because it's obnoxious and animals don't eat it and it takes over but it's a um native plant and tribal we used to use it our my ancestors used it to make baskets and so we continue to use it to make baskets so we're out gathering it yeah so
0: so uh what's
1: the best way to gather it um When it is just before it's gone to seed or after it's gone to seed, before it starts dying back. Mm -hmm. Um, And you want to get it when it's still all green and not brown or spotted. And then you um, pull it or cut it at the very bottom. And then you just lay them out to dry. Um, Depending on the weather will depend on how long it takes. Uh But you want them dried completely. And then you can store them and then weave with them in a few months after and it, it's pretty tall like three feet tall and it is Claire's is really tall i've never seen Junkus this tall before yeah usually it's only about two feet but she's got she's got some foot in there too Ooh, so it's really good that would, really good
0: yeah for weaving baskets yeah. that would be great because go a long ways it does and yeah. then you don't
1: have to add in and then you'll you don't have as many starts and stops right so the stability of the baskets even better even better so, yeah. awesome do you try and dye it too? I don't dye materials. Mm-hmm. I like the natural colors and junkus is so junkus is really dark green. And mm-hmm. then as it fades, it can fade to a light green, to a pale yellow, to a white. And I, so I you like just, that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't dye my materials. I just leave them natural. And traditionally, cause I'm a traditional weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, the dyed materials were used only in ceremonial stuff. And okay. so, um, or, Um, stuff that was um, maybe used at a wedding or, you know, not everyday Mm -hmm. stuff. So um, you would have plain basket caps. Yeah. Um, And so, and that stuff I save for traditional. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your background. So I am Native American. I'm enrolled in the Confederate Tribes of Grand Ronde here in Oregon on my mother's side. My father is white. His family came across the Oregon Trail about 150 years ago, and we are on the original donation land claim. Um, my mother grew up in Grand Ronde, and we come from Kalapuya and, um, well, Young call Yonkala, Kalapuya, to Kalmaro River, Cal Creek, Umpqua, um, Chinook, and Iroquois. Hmm. and Tillamook, but, um, in the 1850s, they, all the tribes were removed to the reservations. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and you never marry within your own tribe because you're related to them. Uh So you intermarry, (laughs) which is why I have so many tribes. Um, but yeah, so I went to college, um, at university of Oregon and I have a bachelor's degree in culture anthropology with an emphasis on Northwest native cultures. Oh, cool. I Used yeah. our tribe's language uh-huh. um, for my native language requirement, foreign language requirement. Oh, and so um, because you grew up with that language, kind yeah, kind of. Um, I knew words and stuff, but not like I was not fluent in it at all. Um, and then I did not want to learn another language. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted, I mean, our language is here mm-hmm. and we need to revitalize it, and so, um. In high school, I, I told I was not going to learn Spanish or Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dead set on on sticking to our culture because mm-hmm. um, we need to keep it alive. Right, and if you don't,
0: I mean, somebody has to say yes. I'm going to do this. Yeah, or if it you don't, yeah. yeah, if you
1: don't use it, you lose it, and it's right. it's true. So, mm-hmm. um, I was the first Grand Ronde tribal member to use our. Tribes language for foreign language in college and graduate.
0: And then how did you, um, how did you become fluent?
1: Just taking, um, speaking with elders and, um, we have classes in Grand Ron, uh-huh. And so I was taking classes there. And then, um, I, for college for my master's and my bachelor's degree, I used it for both foreign language requirement. And I had to take a test mm-hmm. to prove that I was fluent in it. And is,
0: does it have a written? language too
1: there is it's linguistically so it's not it's not a through z uh-huh. it's written in a linguistic uh-huh. format so there's like barred l's and uh-huh. things that normal people don't <laughs> we we don't use back x's and stuff like that right. that we don't use but yeah yeah there is a written language um the language that is currently spoken chinook is um 55% about half of it is the old Chinook from like the tribe Chinook. Okay. This is got Chinook and Salish. It's got French. It's got Spanish. It's got all, you know, cause it was a trade mm. language. Right. And right. so they all had to speak together. together. Yep. Yeah. So uh-huh. they created this language, but it became the first language of like Grand Ron and of a lot of other tribes in the area.
0: Interesting. So, huh? Yeah. And so you have your two little kids. What are their names? Uh,
1: William is three and a half and Josie is just over one.
0: Yeah. And I assume you're speaking to them in both the yeah. English and Yeah. So language.
1: my husband is full blood Eumentilla, uh, Nez Perce Colville, and he speaks uh, his tribe's language to the kids and then I speak our tribe's language, and then we speak English, and we use sign language.
0: Oh, so, like in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So... That is really neat. Yeah. So you are uh, the owner of the Kalapuya Weaving. Yes. Tell us about that.
1: So I started my business about probably 15 years ago, and um, it started out with weaving classes, and I would make medicinal teas mm-hmm. and sell those. And... um the weaving classes were, were great and awesome. And then I started getting asked for, would you come into my kid's class oh, and, yeah. and teach? And so, um, I do, uh, cultural education to schools and classrooms and I teach basket weaving to children and adults. I teach gathering, um, plant gathering mm-hmm. and processing, um, And a little bit of apothecary stuff Mm -hmm. on the side. Mm -hmm. And then um, I do consulting and contracting with um, city or state or federal entities Mm -hmm. on um, consulting on museum work, curation, preservation. Yeah. um, Artifact stuff. That's neat. Yeah. 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 Or exhibit design. I'll do it. Because
0: then you also work at the... um the museum, right?
1: I do, yes. I uh work at Chichalu Tribal Museum in Grand I'm glad Run. you said
0: that. I was gonna try and say <laughs> it and then I thought I'm gonna butcher it. <laughs> yeah.
1: No you're good. Now
0: that you said Chichalu.
1: Yeah, Chichalu. Okay. Chichalu Museum and
0: Culture. And that's located where? In Grand Run. In, in the
1: Grand, yeah. Yeah Grand Ronde. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay, so what do you do there?
1: Um I get to work with our culture every day. Yeah. Um what's the most exciting about that? seeing the little kids come in and or or anyone seeing anyone come in and seeing their family's photo that they haven't seen before on display or, um, learning. Um, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was a traditional food or, you know, just the awakening when they, when they realize, um, that's, that's really awesome to see. But, um, just working for my people.
0: hmm
1: mm-hmm. So my community.
0: Yeah. Tell me about growing up. What was that like?
1: So my dad was a merchant marine. So he um sailed on container ships and he was he'd be gone like three or four months and he'd be home for a couple months and then he'd sail. And uh, so we mom took us kids to the reservation and we stayed at my grandma's house every weekend. And if there was a holiday or an extended period of time off from school. And where my Chich's house was, my grandmother, um, she had an aunt. She had a son on one side, an aunt on the other, and then she, on one side, on the other side, she had f- the the four houses were all aunts mm-hmm. um, that grew up with their parents gathering materials and making these old baskets. Oh, okay. So, so you are this naturally. They're actual. the ants are actually my great. Great aunts, I believe. It's my great-grandmother's sister's. Okay. Um, however that plays out. But anyway, <laughs> um, so we would go there, and they would all be speaking Chinook, our language, because they they'd didn't. they say Ipset Wawa, which is secret talk. They didn't want us kids to hear, so they'd all go into <laughs> Chinook and speak. And that's speak. the best way to learn, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they would speak Chinook, and then they would tell stories of gathering basketry and, I mean, it's, fam- it's like family heirlooms are like the family Bible that gets handed down or the, the dresser that came across mm-hmm. the Oregon trail. Like that's what we had was these baskets. So we had hampers, we had picnic baskets mm-hmm. and we use them. They're 150 years old, hundred years old, yeah. but we still use them. Yeah, And so it, it was, it was just something that I grew up with and it was nothing, anything different. They weren't actively weaving because they, you know, they were in their eighties and I, right, they were really, right, right. really old, but, um, yeah. And I just, I loved it I and mean, I loved hearing it. And I, there is a picture of my third grade grandmother who's the well-known weaver. Her name's Martha Jane Sands. And she's sitting with her hands on her lap and she's in a dress and her, like it's, you know, a portrait mm-hmm. and, but her hands are huge. And I remember talking to my mom, my chitch, my grandma, my mom's mom. And they would, and they told me that um, well, she, her hands are big because she was a weaver and and from overworking and using them. Oh, and so when I was little, to me, my goal was to have big hands because it meant <laughs> I was a hard worker. Okay, and I was strong, and that I I could you know take care of my family like my grandmother took care of her kids. Yeah. With, with no man, and was able to weave and. And live a somewhat traditional life uh-huh, and uh-huh. being assimilated. Yeah. But it just the strength that she had, she was marched up from Ashland Table Rocks at 12 years old barefoot. I mean, in the middle of winter. Mm. Um just so when I see her that picture in her hands, it just I I wanted to have big hands and right. hard, hardworking and yeah. strong. And I think I've accomplished it. So the weaving has torn apart my hands (laughs) and now I have, I have huge hands. Um, and I just last month had hand surgery to try and fix it. Um, and it's, it's a lot of hard work, but, um, it's, it's amazing. My mom tells stories of how she used to take care of her grandparents and great grandparents. Um, because their hands were so mm-hmm. arthritic mm-hmm. from weaving, mm-hmm. they couldn't bathe or feed themselves. Yeah. And she said she was just a little girl. And and it just, all of that, I just yeah. I wanted that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I grew up, my mom was a fiber artist. And so um, I grew up on the floor at the treadles of her,
1: <laughs> yeah. her
0: loom and uh, holding my hands out so she could uh, wrap the warp around them, you know, yep. and be able to do that and then uh, just tying it and dyeing it and doing all kinds of things so i mean she tried everything with fiber arts yeah uh, yeah all kinds of weaving and all kinds of uh she spent three years in japan just studying indigo dyeing and you know how to do the real intricate that would be cool yeah yeah so it was really fascinating but that's so that's a part of me yeah as well you know basket weaving every you know Mm -hmm. trying it all that's
1: awesome
0: (laughs) yeah it's really cool Um, so when you are, um, when you are at the museum and you're seeing people come in, it's just like, that's just gotta be exciting. It probably spurs your mind into other exhibits that should be there. Maybe with some of their questions or thoughts or whatever too, I would think that would be,
1: it does. Well, it makes me, it makes me happy that people are coming and they're stepping out of their comfort zone. And they're coming to a cultural museum. Right. And they're learning about someone else's culture. Um, I think that in itself is amazing because it's it takes a lot to open yourself up and make yourself vulnerable. Yes. To accept that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and understanding that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. I think that is amazing.
0: And you also, you sound like... Um, <sighs> Like you love your culture. It wasn't, there was probably not a time where you wish you. I know nothing not. else. Yeah. That's, that's I, who you are.
1: And that's what people say. Like, I, at one of my weaving classes, a gentleman made a comment about my chin tattoo and saying how, well, oh, it looks so authentic. I mean, so real. I mean, it, it looks, and I was like, it looks old. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it, but it's, it's not. We're not dead. We're not just that picture in a book. Right. Like, that's why I have my chin tied. Like we are still here. I'm. We are weaving. That's why I teach weaving. Like we are living our life ways. Yeah. This is our life. It's not. Um, oh, I decided to be an Indian today. Right. Like you right. know, you wake up. This is. I know nothing different. Yeah. And so. Uh, my mom, when she, she met my father, she went to school to be a beautician. And when she left the reservation and went to Portland, Beaverton, to go to school, um, she would, we call it Chinglish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Spanglish. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
1: <laughs> she would have broken Chinook words in there. And she didn't realize that it was di- she was different uh-huh. until she would be talking to someone in public. Yeah. And then she would say something. And, and they would give her the look like. Uh, <laughs> and to me, I think that is awesome because, like, how awesome is that? Like, yeah. you didn't know anything different. Like, this is how we're brought up. Right. And so people and add, will make comments or ask, like, "Well, how is it for you? how How do you like this different?" Or, I, I don't know what you mean because, yeah, I've always,
0: yeah, known yeah. who
1: I am. I've always been. My father's white, but he is very supportive, and he's and he didn't push us to dance but mm-hmm. encouraged us yeah. and you know gave us that of course you can go yeah. and you know and supported us uh-huh um and i think that helps a lot too yeah yeah so
0: so um describe your tattoo
1: so i have we call it the 111 and it's three lines on my chin that um on each corner of my mouth they go down and then in the middle um and they're just black solid lines Um, traditionally from one of the tribes that I come from, it meant that you are, um, your social status was higher. And so that if your village was raided, you would never be taken as a slave because you were marked, um, some tribes like in the Midwest, um, they mark their tattoos on their chin uh, for slaves, uh, to signify that they're slaves Um, But ours are like the Hoopa, Yurok, the tribes of Northern California um, and Polynesian cultures kind of have, we all kind of have that same. Uh um, And then like the Athabascan up in Alaska, Uh they have the chin tattoos too.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, Proper, what's a proper name? Would you prefer to go by Native American or by Indian
1: or does it matter? Native American. So we as natives can use Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the N word.
0: <laughs> right. So okay. we can yeah, say yeah, yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: but we say it a little bit different. It's not Indian. It's Indian. Mm. It's that native. Um, Dialect of it. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little, it's a little, di- but yeah. So Native American, uh-huh. Native American. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not too technical. Just, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have always wondered that whether it was, you know.
1: Um, or tribal. Or,
0: or tribal or whatever. Okay. So I'm going to put links in the show notes for your museum and for your website.
1: And anything else that you can think of that would be fun? Take time to go outside and enjoy nature. Yeah. Everyone. And give thanks. Yes give thanks to the water and the land and the air, because without that, we would have nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank this you. It's really been a
1: pleasure. Yes. Thank you.
0: The Confederated Tribes of the Grand Ron community of Oregon is a federally recognized tribe that includes over 30 tribes and bands from Western Oregon, Northern California, and the Southwest Washington. These include tribal bands from the Kalapuya, Malala, Chasta, Umpqua, Rogue River, Chinook, and Tillamook. The tribe is active throughout its ancestral homelands, but located in western Oregon, where it has an 11,500-acre reservation in Yamhill County. With approximately 5,400 enrolled tribal members, the tribe is governed by a nine-member tribal council that is selected by the tribe's voting membership. The tribe's vision is to be a tribal community known as a caring people dedicated to the principles and honesty and integrity. The tribe is committed to the responsible stewardship of human and natural resources while striving to be a community willing to act with courage in preserving tribal cultures and traditions for future generations. In 1995, the tribe opened Spirit Mountain Casino. The casino and its hotel, Spirit Mountain Lodge, employ 1,100 people and is the largest employer in Polk Cammon. Its success allows the tribe to give back through the Spirit Mountain Community Fund and helps the tribe support a number of programs. Those programs include education, housing, economic development, natural resources, cultural resources, as well as health and wellness services. I hope you enjoyed this episode listening to Stephanie Craig. My first teaching job was on the Navajo Hopi Reservation in northern Arizona. So I've always had a love for uh, Native Americans and their culture. I've put links to the show notes for the Kalapuya Weaving organization that she owns and also to the Chichulia Tribal Museum. So you can look those up on my website, jan I hope you are having a great week and we'll see you next time.